welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and analyze the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries for our, and hopefully your amusement. I am your host, Gary, with my own doll of a wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann. Hello. <laughs> well, I'm feeling better now that we've published our first podcast. How do you feel it went? I think it went great. Um, I think people are enjoying it. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised at the number of downloads we're getting. Uh, in fact, we even have uh, one download came from France, which took me by surprise. Yeah, I think it's a fluke. <laughs> well, we will continue to see. We might have quite a popularity coming on in France very soon. Yeah. Well, we've been busy since we first published our podcast last week. We're now on multiple podcast providers to include Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of them I wasn't even aware of, such as Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Deezer, and Listen Notes. So, please subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of the amazing and strange stories we explore here in the mist. Nah, this one's going to be good. This is going to be one of my favorites. We don't claim to be experts. We're just basically storytellers who've collected information on some of our favorite mysteries to tell to you, our listeners. Shh, you gave away a secret. But if you came to be entertained, then turn down the lights and let us tell you about some of the most fascinating stories with our own opinions on what they mean. We all know the truth that dolls are inanimate objects, that they don't have the ability to move, to talk, or cause things to happen, but we've all experienced it. That eerie feeling that something or someone was watching us. That an inanimate object had, in actuality, become alive. In Key West, many have not only experienced that feeling, but have also witnessed it. This week, we're going to take a look at the most famous haunted doll in the world, Robert the Doll. Ah, my favorite. Now, did you ever have a special doll when you were a child? Actually, I did. It was the Mrs. Beasley doll. But the thing about that doll is it wasn't actually mine. Wait, wait, wait. You had a Mrs. Beasley doll. And it was my favorite. And it was your favorite. Yes. But it wasn't even your doll. No. I stole it from my sister. And she got tired of taking it away from me, so she gave it to me. Oh, so you did the little sister thing yes. and just kept taking the doll for yourself. Yes. I was very spoiled by my older sister. You were very spoiled. I still am. Okay. <sighs> well, did you have a special bond between yourself and the doll? I really don't remember. I was very, very little. Well, what did the two of you do? Do you had little tea parties or? You just... Probably. I think I just dragged her around everywhere. Ah. Well, that's the kind of thing. My daughters both had, uh, they were special uh, stuffed animals. Right. In fact, both of them still have them. Even as adults today, uh, my daughter, uh, one daughter has a Miss Kitty, which was a stuffed orange and white tabby cat. And then there was Nisi, a rabbit that my younger daughter had. The story of why it was called Nisi was it was a Build-A-Bear, but it was a rabbit. At the very end, you go to the point where you name it. And she was saying that it was a nice bunny, but at that age, it came out as Nisi Bunny. <laughs> so that became the rabbit's name. Aww. And yeah, they both still have the rabbits to this day. So children form a pretty strong bond to animals. They do. Now, today, the mist takes us to the southernmost point of the United States, to a town known for its sunshine, key lime pie, and party life. But there is also a common question the locals are frequently asked. Is Key West haunted? 
The small town has stories, and some believe, and some are skeptical, and some just flat out deny the existence of ghosts. But there's no denying that the island has been home to very many strange happenings. It began with the first sightings by the Spanish settlers who reported that the island was covered with bones, which were the remains of earlier native inhabitants who used the island as a communal graveyard. The original Spanish name for the island was in fact Coyo Hueso, which translates to Isle of Bones. Awesome. <laughs> well, very creepy. Yeah. Well, when we were in Key West, we went into that pirate shop, saw a lot of their pirate booty. Correct. They pulled up from the bottom of the ocean. Now, we spent our anniversary in 2019 at Key West. And what did you enjoy about Key West? Oh, wow. Everything. I love scuba diving. I love the water. I love Robert the doll. Do we get there yet? We're getting there right now. (laughs) Let's take a walk within the mist so I can tell you the story of Robert the doll. We can begin at the turn of the century when the giving of a gift to a young and lonely boy. Enter Robert the doll. Robert Eugene Otto had received a -a one-of-a-kind handmade doll to become his most cherished playmate and friend. Now there are two versions of how Gene was gifted the doll. The more fanciful and dramatic version is that many believe that the origin of Robert's evil lies in the one who originally gave the doll to Gene, the servant who worked for Gene's parents. I didn't actually know that one. The young son was particularly fond of a Bahamian maid who was employed to look after him. Much of his time was spent with the young woman, but this caused a great deal of misgiving with Jean's mother, who may have become developing jealousy for the attention the maid was receiving from her son, rather than to her. The woman was fired in 1906, some say for practicing voodoo, which Mrs. Otto caught them in the act one evening. Many of the staff were ordered off the island in her anger at what she considered ungodlike behavior. Before she was banished from her home on the island, the young woman crafted a three-foot-tall, button-eyed straw doll for Robert. Robert adored it immediately, and his mother was powerless to prohibit him from accepting the doll. Now, supposedly the woman had cast a spell onto the doll with some of the boy's hair to link him to the doll with voodoo and black magic. Whether this was meant to create a closer bond between the doll and the boy, or to punish the family for the injustice brought against her is unknown. I know they had really a strong bond, though. This is very true. The less supernatural and more likely version is based on the historians who trace Robert's origins to the Stife Company. This is the same famous toy company that developed the very first teddy bear named after President Theodore Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, I'm very un- very confused here. This is a real thing. It's a real doll. It's a real family. Why do they not know the real history behind the doll? How many receipts do you have of every toy that you've ever had? Oh, okay. Never mind. That makes sense. It's just, I think somebody out there would know. Well, that would be helpful, but not nearly as much fun as the story. And as history goes... The doll was originally purchased by Otto's grandfather while on a trip in 1904 in Germany. He gave the doll to the young boy as a birthday gift upon one of his visits to Key West, and the sailor suit was likely a matching outfit that Jean wore as a child. 
The reason that Robert is so unique from other dolls was explained by one Stife historian in that he was most likely created to be part of a window display and not meant as a child's toy. Regardless of who made the doll, Robert was 40 inches tall and stuffed with a product known as wood wool, commonly referred to as Excelsior. He is dressed in a sailor suit with facial paint that once made him look like a cheerful court gesture. But now, his face is nothing like its previous happy expression. Years have left him covered in brown nicks like scars, and he watches with dark black eyes and a permanent malevolent smirk. Upon his lap sits an equally eerie toy lion named Leo, as if the doll himself was not creepy enough. That lion is creepy. I mean, I, I, I give him that. Creepy indeed. Unlike most lions, however, Robert's friend has a large bulging eyes and a long tongue that hangs frantically out of its mouth. People viewing it might imagine that this king of the jungle is being strangled. People would usually remember what they would call an unhealthy relationship between the young boy and the doll. He would bring the doll everywhere and he would talk about it in the first person as if it wasn't a doll but an actual child much like himself. He was Robert as if he was an actual living entity. Now Jean had few friends on the isolated island and was a very shy child. So the doll companion became everything from playmate to confidant. Both walked up and down the bright streets of Key West creating their own adventures and having their own fun. Soon the boy announced he would only respond to his middle name of Jean and the doll now had his first name of Robert. This gave Robert the doll the additional aspect of being alive when he was with the boy. It was not long before the first hint that there was something very wrong with this relationship began to occur. Jean would blame Robert for anything and everything that occurred in which Jean might be punished for. If a glass broke, it was Robert's fault. If the clothes weren't picked up in his room, it was Robert's fault. This continued and Robert's bad behavior became worse and worse. However, one night the relationship took a more terrifying twist. It occurred late one night when Jean, who was only 10 years old, awoke to find Robert the doll sitting at the end of his bed, staring at him. A few moments later, Jean's mother was awakened by his screams for help and the sounds of furniture being overturned in her son's bedroom. Jean was begging his mother to rescue him from behind a locked bedroom door. And when she was finally able to force the locked door open, she discovered poor Jean curled up in fear on his bed. His room in shambles and Robert the doll sitting at the foot of the bed smiling. Ro Ro Robert did it were the only words Jean could get out. The same words he had always used whenever there was any trouble and for many more times throughout his childhood when something strange, mysterious, or destructive would happen. I think as a doll that would upset me. It didn't take much time later that mutilated toys and mysterious happenings would appear in the home, only to have Jean proclaim each time Robert did it. Though the Ottos didn't quite believe Jean, it was reported that they could hear the eerie sounds of Robert giggling around the house and passerbys would even claim to see the small doll moving from window to window. Robert was eventually moved from Jean's bedroom to the attic, where he remained for many years. A small playroom was created in the attic and the two limited their playtime to this area. But Jean's parents would often hear their son upstairs talking to the doll, 
and then receive a response back in a totally different and deeper voice. There were sightings of Robert giggling and running up the steps or staring out the upstairs window from frightening neighborhood children on their way to school. One day, Jean's aunt, who was living with the Otto family at the time, suggested that Robert the doll be locked up in the attic. She was very adamant and upset that Jean's parents would tolerate this kind of behavior for her nephew. She didn't think it was proper for him to be talking to a doll and demanded that the doll be destroyed so that Jean could grow up. Uh, that sounds like trouble. That very night, however, the aunt died in her sleep from a stroke. And while there was no proof that Robert was responsible, the Ottos decided to appease the doll and brought him back to stay in Jean's room. Eventually, Jean did grow up, and he moved to Paris to become an artist. He spent many years in Paris away from his childhood doll and had all but forgotten the experiences. It was not until his parents passed away that he decided to move back into his old childhood home with his bride, Anne. He wanted to become a successful artist back on the island and was credited for much of the work done in the gallery at the Fort East Martello Museum. He had plans to make his own home a museum complete with a wax imprint of the artist's hand as a focal point. The home became known as the artist's house, even though his dream was never completely realized. And there were some who said it was Robert the Doll to blame for this. Upon moving back into the home, it was not long before Jean rediscovered his childhood friend locked away in the attic, and news stories of the doll's strange behavior became commonplace with those who encountered him. Many of the local folklore insists that Jean would spend his days alone in his mansion, painting with his old friend Robert sitting in a chair beside him. That's sweet. The two became inseparable again, and Jean decided that his best friend needed a room of his own. So he placed him in the upstairs room with a window overlooking the street and people passing by. He filled the room with doll furniture to make sure that Jean was comfortable. Eventually, Jean insisted that Robert be served first at the dinner table, explaining that he's the man of the house. Anne wanted Jean to lock up the doll in the attic where he could cause no harm. She felt uneasy in the house, as though she wasn't welcomed although she couldn't put her finger exact reason or cause. After several nights of pleading with him, Jean eventually conceded by locking Robert up in the attic again. Obviously, the doll was not pleased with these new surroundings. Visitors to the home could hear footsteps in the attic as though someone was pacing back and forth while giggling devilishly. Neighborhood children would run to their parents claiming to have seen Robert staring at them from the window in the upstairs bedroom. The doll would mock them as they walked by. Wow, that's crazy. Gene immediately went to investigate when he heard the stories, knowing that he had locked the doll away, and there was no way that he could be sitting by the window. However, he found Robert was there sitting in his favorite rocking chair by the window when he opened the door. He even seemed pleased with himself. Gene pulled the doll away from the window and placed him within a trunk that he had locked up in the attic. These sequence events occurred several times. Each time, Gene would discover his former playmate again sitting by the window in the same upstairs bedroom. Solaire's Hills reporter Malcolm Ross had visited Robert the Doll and remarked that it was like a metal bar running down my back 
At first, when we walked through the door, the look on his face was like a little boy being punished, and it was as if he was asking himself, who are these people in my room and what are they going to do to me? Malcolm's friends, who had accompanied the reporter, told Robert's backstory and pointed to all the children's furniture in the room. It was at this point that Malcolm noticed a change in the doll's expression, as if Robert the doll was listening in on the conversation and interested in what he was saying. One of the men made a comment about what an old fool Jean was, just to maintain a small bedroom for the doll. And it was clear that Robert's expression turned to one of disdain. There was some kind of intelligence there. The doll was listening to us, commented Malcolm. Another story regarding Robert the doll involved a plumber who had been hired to make repairs around the Otto's home. He claimed to hear children's laughter when he worked, though Jean was not home at the time. When he looked around the room to determine the cause of the laughter, he noticed the small Robert doll had moved from one side of the window to the other, completely on his own. The plumber swore upon his retelling to his friends that objects that had been in Robert's lap ended up on the other side of the room, as if he had thrown them. These kind of stories continued on as Jean and Anne continued to live in the artist's house with Robert until Jean died in 1974. Wow, I didn't realize it was that soon. That, I mean, I was born in 72. It was reported that the artist was found dead in the attic of his home with his most cherished friend, Robert, by his side. Darker versions of this story claim that Robert was on top of him, his little hands wrapped around Jean's neck. No. Robert loved Jean just as much as Jean loved Robert. After Jean's death, Anne noticed the house becoming more ominous to the point that she knew she could no longer remain there with Robert. She leased the house and moved back to France, leaving Robert behind. In fact, the lease stipulated that Robert be the sole occupant of the attic. Anne died two years later, some alleging that Jean's wife died from insanity after locking Robert in the attic. After their deaths, the Eaton Street home containing the doll was sold to Myrtle Reuter, who owned it for 20 years. Their 10-year-old daughter was delighted to find Robert the doll in the attic. But, according to legends, her delight ended soon when she claimed that Robert was alive and that the doll wanted to hurt her. She awoke often in the middle of the night screaming in fear and told her parents that Robert had moved about in the room. In 1994, Myrtle donated Robert to the Fort East Martella Museum, claiming he moved around her house on his own and was haunted. The final straw came when Robert began locking her within rooms of the home to have free reign of the rest of the house. Myrtle died a few months later, but Robert remained active. The museum had it accepted the doll and his baggage and assumed that Myrtle's claims were of course nonsense. Though Robert wasn't on display in the museum, he started receiving visitors who asked to see him. Like me! Word spread about his new residence. Today, he lives in the East Martella Fort where visitors from all over the world come to see him. You and I even took a trip to this museum, and you got to meet Robert the Doll in person. I did. What did you think of him on your first appearance? He was bigger than I thought he was going to be. Correct. I mean, he's not. When I think of a doll, I think of a doll that you can hold, not that's half your size. I mean, he's pretty big. Well, if, if the story of him being manufactured by the Stife company, he wasn't initially meant to be a doll. 
He was supposed to be the display in a window for kids' clothing. Uh -huh. Robert the doll sits inside a glass case, but it doesn't seem to stop him from inflicting fear and discomfort to the museum staff and visitors. Staff members report that Robert's facial expressions change. They can hear demonic giggling and have even seen Robert put his hand up to the glass. On multiple occasions, he has even escaped his glass display case in the middle of the night to travel within the halls of the museum, his footprints left in the dust on the floor. Now, if you go to visit Robert, the tour guide gives some strict rules to follow. One, you must greet and introduce yourself to Robert. Two, if you want to take a photo of him, you must ask first. And three, you can't leave the museum without saying goodbye. A nearby television is in the room with Robert that displays a slideshow of the thousands of letters from people from around the world who experienced terrible luck after disobeying Robert's rules. He continues to taunt and scare those who come to view him, especially guests to the museum who attempt to take photos. Many have reported that their cameras have become inoperable when they tried to take a picture of Robert, only for their cameras to work again when they leave the museum. One review even remarked in regards to the photographic curse. The couple was from New Hampshire, who were not strangers to ghostly tales, and they decided to visit the Key West Museum. They were given the warning, and they were told to make sure they asked Robert's permission if they wanted to take his picture. The two did not take it seriously and just chuckled at the warning. They believed that it was just part of the publicity around the doll to try and scare tourists. So they entered the room where Robert was gazing at them behind his glass case. They viewed the doll behind the glass, surrounded by letters apologizing for rudeness, and they took his picture not once but three times without the courtesy of asking for permission. It's rude and scary. The couple then proceeded beyond into the gallery wing of the museum where it was cooler and there was some beautiful artwork on the wall. The tourist snapped the picture of one of the items within this section of the museum. He happened to glance down at his camera and saw that the screen was lit up with the words no images. It seemed that all of the images that they had taken previously in Key West were now gone. Everything was erased from the digital camera's memory. Worse, the curse continued to follow them as they went parasailing the next day. The boat captain was taking a video of them in the air. However, the memory disc was blank when they got back home to New Hampshire. The couple went to a camera store to determine the cause for the malfunction in the hopes of retrieving their photographic memories of Key West. The staff wasn't able to find any reasons why the pictures were gone. The camera was working perfectly, so there was no excuse for the disc to be blank. The tourist's review ended with, To all who may read this, please listen to the nice lady at the front desk in the museum. Ask Robert's permission if you want to take his picture. In 2017, the father and son duo of Ozzy and Jack Osborne filmed the start of their reality television show, Ozzy and Jack's Detour, in Key West. One of the highlights of this trip was a visit to see Robert. And while there, they even picked up a souvenir mascot version of Robert to ride up front in their recreational vehicle. However, it was obvious that Ozzy did not take the curse seriously to include breaking wind in front of Robert. 
and blowing up the mascot with a water cannon. Dang. Poor mm -hmm. Robert. This probably made for humorous television, but Robert was not amused. Ozzy now blames his year of misfortune on the curse from the doll. When faced with the mascot doll again, he would say, You think it's a fucking joke? It's bad luck. I keep telling you. You keep thinking it's fucking not, but look at what I'm saying. The former Black Sabbath rocker was obviously very upset and very adamant that he did not want to have anything to do with Robert the Doll. Now it is true the 71-year-old rocker has had a nightmare year in 2019, which saw him being diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, battle a host of health setbacks. He even admitted he thought he was dying after undergoing spinal surgery following a fall at his home. He suffered infections of his hand, hospitalization for the flu, but now he claims all of these ailments may have been caused by a haunted doll. Needless to say, the Black Sabbath rock star is now a believer and has more respect for Robert the doll. Even stranger, letters addressed to Robert arrive at the mailbox weekly. These letters are not written to the staff, but are addressed to be read by Robert himself. They're not exactly what you would call the typical fan letters. Instead, most of these are apologies for failing to respect Robert during their visit. They ask for curses to be lifted from them because of their rudeness. These curses include everything from your everyday bad luck to broken bones and divorce. And the letters supposedly help soothe his anger and remove the curse. One example, Dear Robert, I wanted to express my deep regret for the things I said while I was visiting you along with taking your picture without asking. Before meeting you, my life was going along okay. Since meeting you, life has gotten very hard for me. I would very much appreciate it if you would release me from the curse you have on me so I can get on with my life. Thank you so much. Wonder what she did. It's hard to say what Robert would take offense to. Other person wrote, Hey, Robert, hope you're doing well. I just wanted to apologize if we upset you on Friday night. If so, I'm really sorry. We have had the worst bout of bad luck ever since we met you. On Saturday, our flights got delayed and they lost our luggage. The airline still has no idea where it is. I'm not sure if I came across as insincere when I saw you, but I thought you were the coolest doll ever and told everybody so. Hope you're staying cool in the summer heat. Um, please forgive me. And then a third handwritten letter to Robert had this to say. Dear Robert, I visited you a little over a month ago and I never asked you if I could take your picture. And let me tell you, you've definitely made me regret that. The day after I returned home from Florida, a little less than a week after I visited you, I got my first speeding ticket which ended up taking a month to get paid because they supposedly lost the ticket. And then I've been having problem after problem with my car. It's gotten to the point where it's not really even logical to keep fixing it. So basically what I'm trying to say is that I am sincerely sorry for not asking before I took your picture. That was very rude of me. And you definitely made me learn my lesson. I hope to visit you again and trust me. I will for sure ask before taking your picture. P.S. 
I am so sorry. Letters of apology are not the only kind that Robert receives. Some write to ask for advice or ask if he could place a curse on other people who have wronged them. Ouch. I don't think he does that. I have not heard of him placing curses as a favor to others. No, he, he don't. No. Since his arrival, Robert has received nearly a thousand letters which are on display. These are to act as a reminder that it's not a good idea to upset the doll. The museum also sells smaller replicas of Robert for people to take home with them. However, there have been many who have sent back the doll believing the curse from the original continues to persist in the miniature versions. In fact, Goldie Ann, you happen to have one of those miniature Robert the dolls. What do you think about him? Now, I do know that one so person did take home a replica doll of, of Robert, like I did, and she collects uh, porcelain dolls. I, too, collect porcelain dolls, so I thought that was kind of interesting. But she sent her doll back to the museum because when she sat Robert in between all of his, her dolls, she woke up one morning and all of the dolls had turned their head and was staring at him. They were staring at him? They were staring at Robert. The girls turned their head to stare at Robert. So, I think it's because Robert's kind of good looking. Yeah. So it was because the porcelain dolls were possessed and not the Robert doll? No, she believed that it was because of Robert that turned her dolls. So she sent the doll, the replica doll, back. I did the same thing. I put my Robert in between all of my porcelain dolls, and nothing's happened. I guess he doesn't like them. Oh, it's a very picky individual. He is. Uh, maybe I can find a picture. I know I have a picture somewhere. I'll put it up on the Facebook page That'd of Robert good. with all my porcelain dolls. So far, it's been curse-free and nothing mysterious has happened. So far, so far, we'll find out in a few months if he's mad. Right. For those of you who don't know, uh, we're in the middle of working on moving, so a large amount of our housing has been uh, boxed up and put into storage. Which and this includes Robert. Robert the doll. But, as a disclaimer, he is in the same box with his lady friends. So, so hopefully he's still happy. Yes. So when he eventually does get unboxed and placed into a new home, he'll have his own... Uh, location where he can view the rest of the, the household. Yes, and hopefully he's not mad at being locked in a box. Well, did you ever have a desire to send him back? No, no, he's never, he's never done anything like you know the other people have said. He's never. I don't think we've had any problems. Okay. Except maybe COVID. Oh my gosh! I just thought of something. I don't think I don't think a miniature version of Robert's that strong. We'll have but to talk to the full-grown Robert. COVID did not happen until after we put him in storage. Okay, I am not taking the blame for this. No, Robert will. Man. Robert did it. Got it. <laughs> so, what is the secret behind Robert the doll? With Key West's location within the Caribbean and the local culture of voodoo, it's not surprising that many theorize that voodoo plays a part in Robert's formative years. Those close to the Otto family related that Jean was a very emotional child and placed a great deal of emotional energy upon the doll during his lifetime. Because Jean would shift blame for any of the misfortunes or when he misbehaved as a child to the doll, he put his energy into it. 
Every time he declared, I didn't do it, Robert did it. That negative energy over time from receiving the blame could have resulted in a malevolent spirit to awaken an adult within Caribbean culture. Now, without utilizing the curse or supernatural occurrences, it's also possible that Robert Giannato dropped the name of Robert from his name simply because his father was also called Robert. Perhaps it was just easier for the family to distinguish between the two of them by calling one Robert and the other one Gene. And it was never the doll who insisted on the name change. Now, I'm Gary Jr. to my father, but I've never requested people call me by my middle name. Now let's go into our final opinions. Goldian, what do you what are your final opinions about the story of Robert and the curse? Um well being that I've read some of the curses of the replica doll, I'm not real sure that that's true because I mean something would have happened to mine. I mean he's been well, out. you've been more respectful to your doll than most true. people would be. I do love my doll. See, and then it's the love that supposedly protects you from the doll's haunted curse. Right. Just like Gene had, was in love with Robert, the doll kind of protected him and was his only friend throughout his entire childhood True. and adulthood. True. True. It's hard to tell. I mean, it does sound, it makes a very good story. Uh, I, I honestly don't think something like that is real, but I also don't believe it. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I believe in ghosts. I've never seen any ghosts. I've never had any uh, interactions with a ghost, but just... Well, Robert isn't, doesn't actually qualify as a ghost. Yeah. He's more of a possession so, or a demon or, or voodoo curse uh, placed on an object. So doesn't quite fall into a, a ghost category. True. Well, being from Louisiana, voodoo. I do believe in voodoo. So. Okay. Well, in my opinion, uh, Robert is a doll that his owner, Robert Eugene, had a great deal of creativity. He, you know, he grew up to become an artist, so he placed yeah. a lot of imagination with this doll and the things that the doll could do. Yes. A lot of times, people get sucked into that that world. And so maybe a lot of their beliefs were tied into the creativity that Robert, Eugene, uh, said about the doll. And then they took it from there and it just kind of snowballs. Even after Gene's death, the stories and the legends of Robert the doll continue on. Expanded beyond his own little museum. It has been rumored that he was part of the inspiration behind Chucky of Child's Play horror films. Both have a voodoo aspect to the doll being granted life and harm towards their boys. Now Robert also has a horror collection more directly named after him about a possessed doll. Even if the doll in the movies does not resemble the Key West Robert. Not at all. Matter of fact, I watched it the other day. It's actually very entertaining and it is true to the whole uh, folklore about Robert uh, getting the doll from his one of the servants. It's, it's a very interesting watch. Well, to date, four sequels have followed. The Curse of Robert the Doll, The Toy Maker, The Revenge of Robert the Doll, and Robert Reborn. I need to watch those. Robert also has his own website, Facebook page, and Twitter account, so he's very busy on social media. 
In conclusions, possessed dolls have been a staple to horror stories for as long as children have been playing with them. People get the creeps by the lifeless eyes and how much they resemble people. Whether I believe in the curse of Robert the Doll or not, I don't mind politely asking Robert for permission to take his photo. Just to be on the safe side. Because that's what we did. We asked for his permission when we were there. True. And nothing bad has ever happened to us. Well, with that, I think it's time to put Robert the Doll back in his glass case and close this episode. Special thanks to bensound.com for the introduction music, and we hope you enjoyed our stories about Robert the Doll. Please come again for another episode. And spread the word to your friends who would enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and other things that go bump in the night. Letting people know about us is the greatest way you can show your appreciation for what we do. Until then, we hope you make your way out of the mist safely, and perhaps a little more curious. Bye!